What's going on, good people? Welcome to Live by the Three of Raptors Podcast with your boy Curly. Give me a follow on the Instagram page at Live by the Period Number Three and on Twitter at Live by the Zero Three for more Raptors content, podcast news, or if you just want to talk hoops, hit me up on either platform. On January 27th, the Raptors continuing their West Coast road trip with a stop in Golden State to take on the Warriors. Golden State Warriors team that has not looked like their dominant self and has been struggling to find their form all season long and that could be due to players being in and out of the lineup nursing them back to health finding playing time what have you they're definitely going through some challenges and it's being reflected on their record but the one thing about the golden state warriors and what they've shown over years with that championship pedigree is that you can never count them out and whenever you have steph curry leading the attack, you will always have a good chance. On the Raptors side of things, winning two games in a row, looking to make it a third, getting some convincing wins over the New York Knicks and the Sacramento Kings. And the Kings game, I really thought set the blueprint for the Raptors to take on a team like the Warriors. They're both teams that like to get out in transition. They're both teams that like to take the transition three. They're both teams that are always in attack mode, but it was going to be a little bit different than it was taking on the Kings. See, the Kings' bread and butter is in the paint, and the Raptors clogged up the paint and forced them to be a more perimeter-oriented team. You cannot play the Golden State Warriors the exact way, but at least the blueprint was there where the Raptors can definitely build on, as the Golden State Warriors definitely have more shooters. However, the Raptors have figured things out. They've relied more on what the identity of this team is and that is a defense first team and they put on a master class against the Sacramento Kings neutralizing their best weapon and DeMontis Sabonis and containing Darion Fox and forcing the others to beat them and they had great success they had great individual performances but on the defensive side is where the Raptors really shined and I think Precious Achua and Chris Boucher really anchored the Raptors defensively that game and you were hoping that this was going to transition against the Warriors once again but it definitely was not going to be easy. So as we've done in the past we're going to talk about the negatives and then move on to the positives because you can't have one without the other. So let's start with the biggest negative of all and a very obvious one the injury to OG Ananobi. If you didn't know, OG left the game in the early parts of the second quarter. He went up for a dunk attempt, and it looked like he was going to posterize Jermichael Green on the Warriors. And Jermichael Green was coming on the weak side. It's a dangerous play to begin with, but anytime you leave your feet, there's always a possibility of something bad happening. And unfortunately, something bad did happen. Unfortunately, something bad did happen, and OG ended up getting knocked off balance in the air. And ended up landing on his left shoulder and he was definitely trying to brace his fall or break his fall I should say and it did not look well I, I was convinced that he broke his arm in some capacity OG is a very big guy he's a tough guy and for him to land the way he did and to get back up and obviously it was a foul it wasn't a flagrant I didn't think there was anything malicious it was just a dangerous play on the ball he missed one free throw he hit the other and he ended up being subbed off the floor it's just a testament to how tough this guy actually is and later on we got the report that it was just a left wrist sprain and 
if you haven't seen it go out and, and find it online and watch or watch the highlights it was not pretty and for him to walk away with just a left wrist brain is just a testament to the toughness of this guy and at the start of the season it looked like he was pegged for a breakout season and he's been relatively healthy a huge knock on his young career has been his inability to stay healthy has not been the case this season he's already played about 44 games and it's just an unfortunate outcome for a player that has a lot of goals and a lot of aspirations that he's looking to accomplish and make a name for himself even more it's just an unfortunate outcome for him and we just wish him a speedy recovery so from the og ananobi injury you can tell what would be the second negative the lack of defense tonight. The Raptors put on a masterclass against the Sacramento Kings. Played great defense against the New York Knicks. In both games, they weathered runs and they were able to close out games. They started off great and they were able to close out game. Was not the case tonight. The Raptors kept getting beat on the backdoor cuts. Or any cut for that matter. The soft spot of the Raptors defense is right down the middle. And whether it was Steph, Clay. Jordan Poole or whoever they got easy looks at the basket with simple movement off the ball I don't know how many points they scored off those movements but it was a simple play and let me not discredit the Warriors the Warriors are very good at creating space especially with their ability to shoot the ball from three you have to respect it and it stretches out the defense and that's exactly what the game plan was for the Warriors tonight was to stretch out the Raptors defense to get them tired get them in a track meet and create those easy opportunities at the rim the third negative would have to be the offensive rebounds and the second chance points the Raptors had 14 offensive rebounds tonight to the Golden State Warriors five so they were attacking the glass the Warriors don't really have an inside presence other than Kevon Looney but he's not a very serious threat in the paint that you cannot get around him and with the Raptors ability and their athleticism to crash the offensive glass you were definitely hoping that they would take advantage but 14 offensive rebounds and they were only able to accumulate eight second chance points now I'm not saying that they need to score on every single second chance points but overall the Raptors missed a lot of attempts at the rim in the dunker spot in the restricted area However you want to describe it, the Raptors left points on the board. And it was Chris Boucher and Preston Sachua that got the majority of the offensive rebounds. And it just really felt that they went for the softer finish, but no more than Chris Boucher. Now, Chris Boucher, it has been a roller coaster ride of a season for him. He's recaptured his form a little bit. He's doing the things that made him successful and obviously helped him secure a contract. That was well-deserved and we haven't seen that Chris Boucher at the end of last season at the beginning of this season or I should say when he came back at the beginning of the season he's tapered off a little bit and he's been hunting down his shot he's been locked in defensively he opened up the Sacramento Kings game with two blocks you can tell that he was more like himself and he had at least four tip-in attempts 
and was not able to cash him in. Like, I don't know if he was concerned about leaving his feed and what was going on below him, but if you were able to get one hand on the ball, you can get two. If he didn't or he wasn't in position to dunk the ball, come down with it, either kick it out or go up strong, draw the foul. It just really seemed like there was a lot of missed opportunities. And those two weren't alone. Pascal missed some bunnies at the rim. Same with Fred Van Vliet and you can go on and on. But there were points on the board and you just want them to be better finishers at the rim, especially with a team that lacks a lot of size in the paint and where you can definitely take advantage. So definitely a missed opportunity there. Now, I'm not very proud of this negative, but it's something that we need to discuss, and that is the play of Pascal Siakam. Probably one of his worst games of the season. Played 40 minutes, could be fatigued, you never know. But he went 8 for 26 from the field, 1 for 6 from 3, and 4 for 5 from the free throw line. Giving him 21.7 rebounds, 3 assists. Everything was forced. And you can tell the Raptors were making it a priority to get him going for obvious reasons. He is a matchup nightmare when he's on a roll. The Warriors made his night a living hell. He was not able to get to his spots. And when he did get to his spots, he was met by two to three Warriors at a time. And every shot was difficult. But like I said, some of it was forced. The Raptors essentially leaving Pascal to go one-on-one -on, -one on, on an island. And I don't know if that was by design, but like I said, they were definitely trying to get him going. And unfortunately, when he has a tough game, it forces Scotty to have to step up. Obviously, Fred Van Vliet, you know he's going to step up. But as it's been this season, the fan base is not very fond of it. But again, where would we be if it wasn't for Fred Van Vliet and he had a great game tonight? Pascal having a bad game on top of losing OG really made things tough for the Raptors down the stretch. And we know Pascal can be better. We also know that the refs weren't very kind to Pascal tonight, but that's a separate conversation. I think the Raptors need to do a better job in getting Pascal the looks that he does. I think Pascal needs to do a better job himself for hunting down those opportunities and definitely taking advantage of the mismatches. But again, credit to the Warriors. There was a possession where it was Dante DiVincenzo guarding Pascal one-on-one -on -one and Pascal would normally nine times out of 10 blow by the smaller defender and get to the rim but DiVincenzo held his own forced Pascal into a difficult shot attempt and I believe off that possession Pascal was forced to kick it out so again as much as Pascal had a bad game the Golden State Warriors had a lot to do with his tough performance tonight another negative would be the fourth quarter closeout of the game the Raptors were probably gassed at this point Again, they haven't been playing great defense all game long, but in the fourth quarter, there were those moments. And if you have been listening to this pod, there's always these moments that are really backbreakers for the Raptors. And a couple of them were giving up open threes to the best shooter on the planet, Steph Curry. The transition buckets hurt the Raptors down the stretch. The driving kick opportunities that the Warriors created for themselves and the Raptors were slow to rotate. I mean, Klay Thompson had six threes tonight. Steph Curry had four. Poole had one. Jonathan Kaminga. I really feel that he was the player that killed the Raptors down the stretch. Now, Jonathan Kaminga is not a good three-point shooter by any means, and he missed his first three attempts from three, and the Raptors were daring him to shoot. They left him open. He hit one. They left him open again. He hit two. He was open in the corner. Precious Tachua, for whatever reason, was 
helping on a Kavon Looney drive. And the ball was quickly swung out. Jonathan Kaminga in the corner, left open again. Precious was late to the rotation and he hit another three. So after the first two, you think that the Raptors would have tightened up a little bit. And of course, it's a corner three. We know how that goes. But he hit a corner three, and then Thaddeus Young was in the game. Jonathan Kamingo was at the top of the key. They challenged that shot, but he's already in rhythm. He hit another three. And the Raptors were not hitting. They definitely cooled down down the stretch. And another highlight, or I guess a low light, down the stretch of the game. Gary Trent Jr. was extended in the third quarter. They gave him rest in the beginning of the fourth. And then when he was inserted into the lineup again, around the seven or eight minute mark, he didn't touch the ball for six minutes. And when the opposing team is hitting threes, you want to get one of your best shooters open. And, and I'll credit Fred Van Vliet. Like I said, he had a great game. He was doing his part to keep the Raptors in the game, but the Raptors had nothing else going on from the perimeter. And the only players to hit threes tonight and the only players to hit more than one three tonight was Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, and Gary Trent Jr. And why they didn't get Gary Trent open down the stretch is mind-boggling to me. He's had many fourth quarters where he stepped up big where the Raptors were down. No matter how you look at it. I just thought it was poor execution down the stretch no matter how you look at it. And as for the last negative, a very obvious one, the Raptors bench was outscored 39-26. to 26 And... Jonathan Kaminga led the charge with 15 points and Dante DiVincenzo with 12. You're not going to win games like this. And Masai and Bobby were in the building tonight. And hopefully they're seeing that when you lose a player like OG Ananobi and the solution, no offense, is to put Thaddeus Young in place of him, you're always going to have some challenges. So the depth definitely needs to be looked at going in, into the trade deadline hopefully they were assessing that but as you may or may not saw they definitely were not happy with the way that the game was going could be jet lag could be the adjustment to the time zone but either way not a very good look for the raptors right now now i know those were a lot of negatives and it might be very difficult or challenging even to pivot onto some positives but stick with me there were some positives and i want to give the raptors credit tonight even though they didn't win the game they were in it they definitely knew that it was going to be a challenge they definitely knew that they had to find some way to keep up with the golden state warriors and I think it was absolutely impressive that the Raptors held their own. I mean, they hit 12 threes tonight. It's been a struggle in the early parts of the season for the Raptors to crack double-digit threes, and they have been doing that. And it's nice to see that they were able to maintain that tonight. And if it wasn't for some miscues down the stretch to close out the game, they started off great. They unfortunately didn't finish. It's something that the Raptors have struggled with all season long. But they were in it for the most part. The defense wasn't 100%, but their offense was on point. They just couldn't close it out. But they hung in there against a very talented Golden State Warriors team, and I just want to give them their props for that. As for the other positives, let's look at the play of Scotty Barnes. Would love to have seen him to be more aggressive in the Kings game, but he was definitely playmaking Scotty tonight. He was playmaking Scotty and scoring Scotty. And in 37 minutes, he got 24 points, six rebounds, five assists, two blocks, nine for 15 from the field, two for three from three. Very nice looking threes, no hitching in his shot. It was very fluid and he was four for five from the free throw line. 
I think this is the perfect game for Scotty where he was able to find his offense and create other opportunities for his teammates. And that's what you want to see from him on a consistent basis. I know he gets joy out of creating for others, which is rare to see in a young player and especially as talented as Scotty Barnes. But for him to want to create for others more times than not is a great tool to have as a young player and a team can definitely benefit from that especially the way that the Raptors are built with success by community so being able to spread the ball around and being able to not only look for shots for yourself but for your teammates as well is a great asset to have Scotty Barnes continues to trend in the right direction and I think for Scotty this needs to be the blueprint going forward Fred Van Vliet a great game tonight don't like the idea of him playing 40 minutes, but we also would not have been in the game if it was not for him. 28 minutes, 4 rebounds, 10 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 11 for 20 from the field, 5 for 10 from 3, and 1 for 1 from the free throw line. He was doing it all. Another efficient game from Freddie. Didn't force a lot of shots. He also had to bail out the Raptors on more than one occasion. When nothing got going, Freddie was always there and ready to go as he normally is when he's clicking and it's just been a it's just been a great stretch of games for Fred Van Vliet and again don't know where we would be without Fred Van Vliet as of late it looks like despite playing the heavy minutes it definitely looks like the worst part of the season of behind him and whatever he's doing right now it is working and he just needs to keep it going great game from Freddie and Gary Trent Jr another great game from him I believe it's his 15th to 20th game, uh, 15 points or more, or 16 points or more. And again, I'm, I'm just very disappointed that the Raptors were not able to use him the way they could have down the stretch, but an efficient game from him, not a terrible game defensively. And also I wanna note that defensively, Scotty Barnes, as well as Fred Van Vliet, were very competitive obviously with both of them getting a steal and a block it's two blocks for scotty but gary Trent jr held his own for the most part chasing the shooters all night and also creating those opportunities for himself 17 points on 7 for 14 shooting three threes uh, no attempts from the free throw line tonight but again was not settling he continues to find that balance of off ball working within the offense and getting into the paint he also got four rebounds and two assists and as for the last positive, Precious Achua, another great game from him, continues to put together great basketball as of late in 36 minutes, stepping up when OG went down, scoring 17 points, 11 rebounds, giving him a double-double, two assists, one steal, 8 for 12 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3, but 1 for 3 from the free throw line. Over the last six games, Precious Achua has been averaging just under 15 points per game, 8 rebounds shooting around 57% from the field and just under 42% from three. Not to mention getting great defense from him and taking on similar assignments to what OG has. Now, he's definitely not on OG's level defensively, but in terms of athleticism and strength and his ability to stay in front of some of the better perimeter players is OG-esque, I guess you can say. But for me, it's the development on the offensive side of the ball. His ability 
to now make the appropriate reads and to slow the game down. It's not always like that, but he's being a little bit more conscious with it. Anytime he's passing the ball, he's definitely looking to pass and set a screen right away and looking to create another opportunity or pass a screen away to get himself open. He is rounding off into a more reliable offensive player. And, and with the athleticism and the explosiveness that he has, it's very scary for opposing defenses to have somebody with his size and to do the things that he's able to do off the bounce, off the dribble. It's great to see. It's great to see him being healthy because he's definitely going to be an asset down the stretch. And as he continues to piece it all together, he will be a matchup nightmare for any opposing defense. Despite all those positives, I think the negatives definitely outweigh them tonight. The Raptors ultimately lose to the Golden State Warriors 129 to 117. The Raptors shot 46 for 101. I had no idea that they got 101 shots off, but looking back on the game, it's definitely believable. They shot just under 46% from the field, 12 for 33 from three at around 36% and 13 for 21 from the free throw line. Probably one of their worst stretches where they missed a lot of free throws at just under 62%. And they had pretty good free throw shooters missing them and definitely seems like a missed opportunity for the Raptors if they were able to hit a couple free throws. As for the Golden State Warriors, 50 for 90 from the field at a very efficient 56%, 18 for 43 from three at just under 42%, and 11 for 15 from the free throw line at 73%. Definitely the threes made all the difference for the Golden State Warriors tonight. I don't think that's anything earth shattering, stating the obvious there, but when we look at the other stats, the rebounding edge to the Raptors, 46 to 43, but the assist numbers, 40 to 24 in favor of the Golden State Warriors. They have better ball movement, they have more scorers outside of their core. Not a surprising stat, but we've seen the Raptors be over 25, even over 30 in some of their victories. So this was a very disappointing stat in my humble opinion. Turnovers, they forced the Warriors in a lot of turnovers, but some of it was self-inflicted. 14 to the Raptors, 10. Points off turnovers was 16 to 15 in favor of the Warriors. So a bit of a wash there, but fast break points give the edge to the Warriors at 29 to the Raptors 23 and points in the paint the Raptors had a very slim edge 64 to 62 the Warriors were right there with them like I said creating opportunities off the backdoor cuts off the cuts down the middle and easy attempts at the basket the Raptors unfortunately did not have an answer for that they did not adjust and it just seemed like the Warriors can just get it at will however the Warriors are great at creating space and you have to respect the shooting on that team so not a surprising stat that they would definitely edge the Raptors in that area. Now, normally I go through the starters, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, and Gary Trent Jr. and read off their stats, but I covered it in the positive portion of the pod. So we're going to jump straight to the role players tonight. Thaddeus Young, in 10 minutes, got two points, two rebounds, one assist, one steal on one for two shooting, 0 for one from three, no attempts from the free throw line. Not going to expect too much from Thaddeus Young considering that his minutes are sporadic and did not play long enough to have much of an impact. I know 10 minutes seems like a lot, but you know, when you're playing a team like the Golden State Warriors, you're not really going to be able to slow them down and thus, unfortunately, making Young 
a little bit less useful on the floor. So just unfortunate circumstances for him. Chris Boucher, not a great game tonight. 19 minutes, 7 points, 9 rebounds, 1 steal and a block on 2 for 9 shooting. 1 for 3 from 3, but 2 for 5 from the free throw line. I wasn't very impressed with Boucher's game. Now, I know I've said that you want him to be more aggressive, and he's definitely been that the last couple of games. And I love the fact that he's hunting down his shots. But there were many opportunities, and I remember three, where he looked off Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr., who were wide open from three, and creating a difficult paint attempt. Now, he was able to get one down where he got the block and foul, and he got the end one, but those opportunities were not there all the time and I definitely felt that he should have simplified the play it's just one of those things I think he was just caught up in the moment he saw that he had a mismatch he saw that he had the ability to get to the rim or to take a shot really can't be mad at him but if you're open I'm sure somebody else is more open than you and as I've said there were a few occasions where he looked off some wide open three so definitely needs to be better in his decision making but not an efficient game from him by any means Juancho Hernan Gomez, 11 minutes tonight, 0 for 1 from the field, and only 3 rebounds. Now, it's been said on more than one occasion, not really going to repeat myself. I know he's brought in for defensive purposes, but he needs to shoot more. Now, going against a team like the Golden State Warriors, those opportunities are going to be there for him, and he needs to be able to shoot the basketball. So, I don't know if he needs to take a page out of Chris Boucher's playbook, or the Raptors coaches need to get in his ear a little bit more, but something needs to change. He cannot be playing over 10 minutes a game and not having any impact on the offense. It's not what he brought him in for. We didn't bring him in for his defensive energy, though it has been an interesting development this season. He's been brought in to create space, and the Raptors definitely need that, especially coming off the bench. And as I said, Precious Uchua, Another great game from him, a 17 point and 11 rebound double-double. Again, this was a game that got away from the Raptors. They were definitely in it. They definitely lost it down the stretch, thus ending the win streak at two. But they'll have another opportunity to create another going against the Portland Trailblazers on December 28th with a 10 p.m. tip-off. Now, Dame Lillard has been on Dame time. He's been putting up career numbers. He dropped a 60-piece on a, a very efficient night shooting. He's in his groove, despite some inconsistencies in the early part of the season. But the Blazers have definitely not lived up to expectations. They got off to a hot start. They've definitely cooled off. But again, a team where the Raptors can hang around with, and if they play their cards right, can definitely steal one. But when we look at the keys to victory against this Portland Trail Blazers, I think it's very similar to the Golden State Warriors. Contain them in transition and stay in front of their shooters. They are a perimeter-oriented team. They're a team that like to get out in transition, similar to the Warriors, similar to the Kings. There is a pattern here. So the Raptors were able to find success against the Kings, were not able to find it against the Golden State Warriors. So hopefully they can make the correct adjustments and apply it to the Portland Trailblazers because they definitely need it. And if you can, contain Dame time. The Blazers do have players that can put the ball in the net like Anthony Simons and Jeremy Grant. Nurkic has been healthy and positive for them. 
but it's not unrealistic for the Raptors to hang around with them and come away with the victory. They're going to be playing on short rest. The Blazers are definitely going to be a rested team. That has not worked out in the Raptors' favor when they were the rested team waiting at home, and hopefully that will be the same for the Blazers. But either way, the tough West Coast road trip continues, and they kick it off again against the Portland Trail Blazers. And that's it for me. Thank you to all listeners, new and old, for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you. A disappointing outcome to a very entertaining basketball game. Hopefully they can right their wrongs in Portland as they take on the Blazers. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It'll mean so much if you take the time to do so. And until the next episode, which will be very, very soon, another late one, everyone, please continue to stay healthy and stay safe. Good people. Peace.